raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. on Friday, but everything looks the same to me. <laughs> you feel like shagging now, Bo? <laughs> I was never a good shagger. I can teach it. So this is a band called River Mist. This is a, a remake of the, or a cover, I guess, of the Lone Star country song. Right, here we go, John Moore. That's River Mist! <laughs> <laughs> and as you can imagine, if you were listening to the show on Friday, the Waniac made a surprise appearance. He came and surprised us at the event. I was very surprised. So he stayed with me over the weekend, um, and you know we went to lunch and, and hung out at uh, at my house. And he's a huge beach music guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lives in North Myrtle Beach, has his own little production company, <laughs> and, and his plates. We saw it. He does. Yeah. So this is uh, one of his uh, one of his one of his songs, and he played it a few times. And I guess that's how <laughs> it got in my head. So your dad found a way to uh, influence what happens with this. My dad infiltrated my brain. This was number eight on the beach music charts over the weekend. Well, okay, so Friday we were on location and we came on the air and I had some uh, issues with my computer where I was, so we did not get to do this and I was kind of sad because I'm not a huge country guy, but for some reason I've always really liked this song. Oh, this is Friday's song. This was Friday's song, if you were wondering. Because, of course, it was. I'm headed to a barbecue nowhere near the water, but I'm on a pontoon. See, today's today's makes sense because your dad was playing it all weekend. Right, right. This is back to, you know, on brand where we're going to do, you know, do a show from Union County at a barbecue and pontoon is your song. Yep. I'm on a pontoon. But the funny thing was it kept merging in my head as I was singing it with that one Republic song that was the <laughs> that was the big hit from uh, the Top Gun Maverick movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the whatever. For some reason, I'd be like, I'm on a pontoon. And then I'd start singing the one Republic song. So I have no, there's, my brain makes no, no sense. Well, I mean, I, I can oblige that one, I think. Hang on. Why would these two songs merge in my head? 
Like, oh, come on. So it was the chorus. So I'd say, on a pontoon, and then I'd sing this. I ain't worried This is like the tug of war in Beth's brain. Absolutely no sense. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I were on a pontoon, I'd probably be whistling. It's a good song. It really is. It is a good song. <laughs> so. Now we're all caught up. Yep. We're caught up with Beth's head. And, I'm, I'm uh, impressed, Bo Thompson, that you remembered. I had forgotten that I woke up to pontoon on Friday. Isn't that funny? It just slips right out of my ears. That's one of those songs. I don't have a pontoon boat, never have had a pontoon boat, but uh, and, and really even other people's pontoon boats haven't... Uh, Hung out on them very often. I just what? I like the song. I don't. It's it's kind of one of those cliche country songs, but I like it. So my yeah. best friend has a pontoon. It's fun to hang out on a pontoon. Yeah. No, I, I I'm not I'm not saying it's not fun. Like, like I've been on a pontoon, like but just not a lot. I wonder what the etymology of that word is. Like why is it called a pontoon? I should know. I think I worked on the lake for so long. What a weird word. If you start saying that, you know how sometimes if you just say a word over and over again, it just starts sounding creepy or weird or uncomfortable <laughs> in your brain? Say pontoon over and over again. Pontoon. Pontoon. Pa- pontoon. You sound like the dictionary.com. <laughs> pontoon. Pontoon. Pronunciation. Pontoon. All right. We are off and running. We have so much to get to. Wow, I, I can't remember a, a weekend in, in, in recent memory where this many political seismic things happened in the span of a few days. Yeah, but it feels like a whiplash, a car crash, something. New Hampshire is tomorrow, and uh, there are only two people left. And if you had Ron DeSantis getting out this weekend on your bingo card, good good on you. But I, I, I thought he was going to get out eventually, but not like this. So that was abrupt yesterday. Uh, and then you started wondering, all right, who's he going to throw his support behind? Maybe not who you thought. Uh, so now this it's a two-horse race heading into New Hampshire. And depending on how things go tomorrow night, the thing could be pretty much over after, after tomorrow night. We'll see, and we'll talk about it. And we have lots of audio to go through. And Mick Mulvaney will be with us later on this morning in the 9 o'clock hour. So much to talk to him about. It's a great day to have Mick Mulvaney. And that's exactly right. It's a great day. Always a great day. Every day to have Boomer Von Cannon. Hey, thank you, Bo and Beth. Hey, Beth, you know if you say pond pontoon enough over and over like that yeah pontoon pontoon you go into a little seance oh. and next thing you know you all roads lead to ocean drive no. <laughs> all roads. just can't help where's my bass weegees <laughs> and a corona right and a church key <laughs> here we go boomer The beach life. Don't you just love it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go shag in the hallways. Okay, girls. I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. <laughs> News Talk 1110 WBT, Monday, January 22nd. Man, a lot has happened since we last talked. Holy moly. <laughs> you, need, you need a scorecard at home to keep track of all of this. So, yes, New Hampshire, the primary, first in the nation, is tomorrow, but it looks a bit different than it did last time we did this show. 
Let's uh, let's go back here and sort of retrace our steps since you and I finished at uh, Union County. And by the way, what a, what a great time we had on Friday. Thanks oh. to everybody uh, there at the uh, Union County Agricultural Center and Reed Helms and the fine folks. They take great care of us. I told John Moore, it's like being on a cruise ship. Every time you turn around, there's more food. I, it did feel like a buffet, just a constant buffet from sausage biscuits to barbecue pork, barbecue turkey, cake. I mean, it was just... I uh, the, the the folks at PhD weight loss probably were thinking, what is what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, that that day doesn't count. Yeah, uh, but we had a great time, and thanks to everybody, and we uh, we really appreciate it, and had some uh, good conversations there. But yeah, let's get to what happened. Okay, so Friday afternoon, you think this is a pretty big deal, all right? You think it's a pretty big deal that uh, Tim Scott has decided he's going to endorse Donald Trump. We need a president who understands the American people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We need, we need a president our foreign adversaries are afraid of and our allies respect. We need, you see, we need a president who doesn't see black or white. We see a, a president who sees Americans as one American family. We need. And that's why I came to the very warm state of New Hampshire to endorse the next president of these United States. President. Okay, so there's a former presidential candidate at one point in time who was on the stage trying to uh, to upend Donald Trump, and Tim Scott endorses President Trump Friday in New Hampshire. Uh, not a surprise, but uh, a former candidate, so it's notable. But I, as I'm watching all of this unfold, and this is the final weekend before the, 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 the vote tomorrow, so all the candidates are doing their final rallies and such. And then Saturday night, I thought, and I can't wait to talk to Mick Mulvaney about this, because Mick Mulvaney uh, from South Carolina, or, you know, served in South Carolina and currently resides in South Carolina, uh, knows a lot of these people, uh, mm -hmm. connected to many of them. Mm -hmm. So there's Nikki Haley, who obviously now uh, is running for president, but at one point in time was the governor of South Carolina, the guy that succeeded her. Henry McMaster goes to New Hampshire on Saturday night and endorses President Trump. Y'all know what the pure plural of y'all is? All y'all. Well, I want to tell all y'all why we all are here. I don't know if you noticed, but all the statewide elected officials in South Carolina, we call them constitutional officers, are for Trump. Step one, she's a rookie and she'll figure it out before long. Our two U.S. senators and the vast majority of the people of South Carolina want Donald Trump. So. So that's why we are here. We are here for one reason. We're here for one reason. You've heard this, those great philosophers, the Spice Girls, tell us what you want, what you really, really want. Well, that's what we're here to do, to tell you what we in South Carolina want, what we really, really want. And there he is, right there. New Hampshire is for Trump, South Carolina is too. We'll see you at the finish line. Okay, <laughs> so again, back to bingo cards. If you had, if you had, 
<laughs> you had Governor McMaster making a Spice Girls reference. <laughs> then then good luck to you there. Well, quoting the Spice Girls, which is uh, now, funny to hear in his uh, his his accent. Now, I know that, uh, that, that McMaster has been a, a Trump guy for a while, so it's not a surprise that he would endorse Trump. But for the guy that succeeded Nikki Haley to go to New Hampshire on the weekend before uh, and campaign actively against her and stand on stage with her opponent. Just the fact that he was once second in command in South Carolina to her. Mm-hmm. They're both from South Carolina. It's just kind of a remarkable time we're in in politics. Well, and it makes you wonder the motivation. Is it um, is it is it fear? You know, because if you tend to go against Trump, he has been vocal about the people who have endorsed other candidates, um, certainly Governor Sununu in New Hampshire, uh, being one of the people, one of the governors who has uh, endorsed Nikki Haley and has campaigned on her behalf in his state. So you wonder if it is um, based in that. But it is it is a fascinating political turn to look at two South Carolina politicians campaigning in New Hampshire against a South Carolina politician. Well, there's no other. I mean, I saw this said many times over the weekend, uh, uh, a master stroke by President Trump to be able to get uh, a U.S. senator from South Carolina. And I mean, Tim Scott, not uh, not not uh, uh, the, the senior senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. We know he's a Trump supporter, but to have to have the guy that ran for president and a senator from South Carolina endorsing you and the governor of South Carolina uh, you versus the former governor of South Carolina. It's it's pretty remarkable when you just think about how that all added up. And, uh, well, the momentum is obviously with Trump. Huge, huge happening yesterday as it relates to DeSantis. And we're going to continue with this uh, coming up after the news because uh, Nikki Haley's reaction to this, Trump's reaction to this last night, and the announcement made by Ron DeSantis in the first place. Um, what I just played to you was just the appetizer of what was to come on Sunday and just a unbelievable turn of events and um it's politics and we do know you know when trump goes on the defensive or starts attacking his opponents you know that he's a little bit nervous and he did that on truth social um going in to attack nikki haley's um legal name uh and and many are calling that another a similar attempt to what his original rhetoric was about barack obama in the the early days of his campaign Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 638 on WBT, Bo and Beth here on a Monday morning, the day before New Hampshire. And boy, has the race changed a bit. In just a couple of days, we were talking last segment about Tim Scott endorsing Trump heading into the weekend. Then you had the former or the current governor and former second in command to Nikki Haley talking about uh, Governor McMaster showing up in New Hampshire on Saturday night to uh, endorse Trump. So you had those things, but that was just an appetizer leading up to yesterday afternoon. Pretty seismic moment 
as Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida and a rival to Trump uh, in this primary process since the beginning. Ron DeSantis got out of the race. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. Okay, so that right there. So there, were, there was writing on the wall about midway through the weekend that DeSantis had pulled his ads and he had canceled appearances on the Sunday morning shows. So something was up. Right. We knew something was going on. You felt the friction. And then yesterday afternoon, if you were following that, then I guess it wasn't a huge surprise. But to me, it was a bit of a surprise that he decided in that speech to go ahead and uh, endorse Trump and, and even... It's one thing to endorse Trump, but to basically, uh, you know, badmouth Nikki Haley on your way out the door. That was an interesting decision. Yeah, I I was surprised by that because I kind of I I tended toward the idea that Vivek Ramaswamy put forward a couple of weeks ago saying that you would soon see DeSantis drop out but partner with Nikki Haley. And I thought that that was going to be the, the next step for the two of them, that she would come out and potentially say that he was her vice presidential pick and put the power of the two of them behind that one campaign. So this one was surprising to me. And in the process, of course, Donald Trump came out and and praised um, DeSantis's decision to support him. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a Really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m., and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I also... Look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. Okay, so that's Trump last night uh, in uh, Rochester, uh, you know, saying nice things about Ron DeSantis. He also said that in a sort of an aside to a reporter as he was walking out that he has officially retired the De Sanctimonious Ron DeSanctimonious. Well, of course, because he's supporting him now. <laughs> you know, it's how quickly these tides turn in the world of politics. Okay. Oh. 
Okay, I want to make sure we fit this in because I think it's important to hear what Haley said in reaction to DeSantis. Uh, Dana Bash with CNN happened to be close to DeSantis after this, or rather close to Nikki Haley uh, in, in New Hampshire after this happened yesterday. And uh, here's what Nikki Haley thought about DeSantis getting out of the race and saying what she said uh, about her. I mean, I think, look, I have said I think that Ron ran a good race. I know it's personal to get into a race. It's personal to get out of a race. He's been a good governor, and he added a lot to the campaign, and we wish him well. A lot of times you've run in primary races before. Uh, when somebody drops out, there tends to be a breath taken and uh, some nicer words are said. That is not the case right now with Ron DeSantis. Um, is that surprising to you? Is it disappointing to you? And did he call you or at least at all uh, inform you before he was dropping out? No, he didn't call or inform me. And look, this is what the fellas do. The difference is I don't take politics personally. I never have. And I think that's the problem with where we are now, is you now have people who want to decide who's a good Republican, who's a bad Republican, who's a good person, who's a bad person. That's why our country is so divided. I don't judge people. I focus on policy that's going to make America stronger. I don't take politics personally. I'm not thin-skinned like Donald Trump. I think that people don't want that. They want a leader who's going to bring out the best in people and get our country going forward. And so now the question, Beth Troutman, is what happens tomorrow night? If Trump just wins in a landslide, does she get out? And as she says right there, I don't take it personally, when will she concede to Donald Trump and then we really don't have any more right <laughs> any contested primaries and then that tells you something strange about our political process because we're letting a very small number of voters decide on what happens nationally but to uh, to give her credit there it was a masterful answer that she gave to to that question because she didn't go low she didn't stoop low she uh, she answered it as um, honestly and as as kindly as as possible given that she was just attacked well we'll see what happens tomorrow night I mean the polls depending on which one you look at uh, some of them are closer than others but there certainly is the path that you could see where Trump could just uh, sweep this thing tomorrow night and then the question becomes what does Nikki Haley do we will see. WBT, where business talks, presented by Ram Pavement. Another piece of my childhood taken away late last week. I just, it's just crumbling, Beth. It's just, but I know I'm not, I know I'm not the only one on this. And again, I don't want to get too far down the road before we go to business headlines, but this is just the end of something that's been a long time coming. This has been a very slow yeah, death. Very slow death. But uh, talk about accentuation. It happened late last week. We'll talk about it. First, though, the market close on your Friday. Stocks finishing the trading week sharply higher with both the Dow and S&P 500 notching record closes. Investors digested fresh economic data that included a positive reading from the University of Michigan's consumer sentiment gauge for January. Well, Chicago's Fed president said the central bank could start cutting interest rates this year if the Fed continues to make surprising progress on inflation. Shares of travelers' companies jumping 6% into record territory after the property cash Casualty insurers said lower catastrophe losses help produce record profits. The Dow winners, Travelers, Salesforce, McDonald's. The Dow decliners, United Health Group, Walmart, and Procter & Gamble. The Dow up 395. The S&P 500 up 59. The Nasdaq added 255. Tom Graham, 
Fox News. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Dow futures this morning up 63. S&P futures up 16. NASDAQ futures up 109. Get your free video and 54 issues of Sports Illustrated for only $1.39 an issue. Save over 52% off the cover price. For quick and delivery, use your credit card. Take off with your free Jordan video and catch the next flight in Sports Illustrated. Call now. Ah, Sports Illustrated, it was announced on Friday, has laid off the remainder of its entire staff. Does that mean that AI is going to write all of their articles from well, now on? <laughs> <laughs> See, we were talking off the air. You know, what, what, what was the big thing that happened? Well, the most recent thing was the AI allegations. Yeah. That, of course, was not good. But let's, let's be honest. Sports Illustrated hasn't been Sports Illustrated in almost a decade. Right, and can, when, it, when it became more of just an online... Um, publication site yeah. <laughs> i mean it just doesn't feel the name doesn't even hit as hard you know sports illustrated there was something really uh i don't know special about it when you actually touch the physical pages organic and it was or yes yes i i and i'm not you know i i will admit i am probably part of the problem because i never subscribed to sports illustrated which i know is shocking to all of well, you well but what you did subscribe to magazines oh i still do so here's the thing guys i will be devastated devastated if this happens to my southern living yeah i get that magazine every month in the mail i flip through the pages i tear out recipes I love that magazine. They better not ever take the physical copy away from me. So Southern Living is still a paper magazine that people get. Um, I know People Magazine is still at uh, the grocery store checkout area, even though I don't go and talk to people where they are. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I see them. You know, they still have the magazines that are there in the checkout line. Not as many as they used to, but they still have some. And, and a lot of them are special issues and stuff now, oh, like yeah. tributes. Yeah. But you still have people, and you still have Southern Living. But Sports Illustrated, I thought Sports Illustrated would be in that category that would persevere. Forever. But, but they haven't. I mean, I in my office at home, I have probably seven or eight Sports Illustrated covers that I have framed. Oh, yeah. So when this happened on, on Friday, they made this announcement late last week. The Arena Group, which publishes SI, uh, missed a $3.75 million payment to the license holder. Uh, and so on Friday, they started uh, laying off employees and uh, really uh, just about the entire staff. So, I mean, this is the, the final nail in the coffin. I think, look, we were talking about the, the AI thing. And then there are people over the weekend that were talking about, well, you know, it, it, they put transgender models on the cover of the swimsuit issue. That didn't help. Whatever. This really goes back to the state of the industry at, at large where, as you say, digital overtook the paper. Well, and here's, I wonder now, because remember when we were kids, the big deal was to get on the cover of Sports Illustrated right. or on a Wheaties box. And I don't know this, I, and I would love to hear from somebody in this, the younger generation, the Gabes of the world who are out there. How do you, um, how do you look up to sports icons? I mean, I know that they have TikTok channels now or TikTok um, or, or Instagram, but where is that one place where things go, where, where, where athletes, you know, it becomes the big deal to get the cover, to get the Wheaties box. What do you aspire to? Do you aspire to followers on TikTok now? Is that kind of the equivalent? I just don't know what the equivalent is because, like you said, you framed Sports Illustrated covers that meant something to you. You can't frame a TikTok video. You yeah. just you can bookmark that it. That was or... the one time SI really mattered, one time a year. If your college team won the national championship, yes. you bought about three or four copies of that just to have it. <laughs> 
for historical yes. purposes. And 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 this this the same with physical newspapers. You know, my yep. grandmother kept physical newspapers from you know JFK's assassination. Still got one. Uh, you know, all of those kinds of things that goes away when you have all of the physical documents also leave. I mean, I can Google search for one of those things. I can Google search for images of but there's something that's different about it because it's there's nothing It's like an you, NFT, you can't touch it. You can't touch it. It's like it's like MC Hammer said. Yeah. He was right all along. <laughs> can't touch you this. can't touch this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. It's, I didn't I didn't know we were going to go down the hammer route. Oh. It's a great question though. Like like where do where's the place now? For a while it was on the cover of Madden, but that's really restricted to pro football players. So, you know, we don't have the Sports Illustrated cover anymore. Now there's still the Time magazine cover but and that's the secondary question is is how many people still get paper magazines i know Not beth gets many. beth yeah. gets southern living i get southern living i mean at one point in time i got like six <laughs> i don't get any anymore yeah i wish i did um but anyway sports illustrated uh, uh rest in peace it's been a long slow painful death but i think friday sort of sealed it unfortunately so where's mm. everybody gonna go for their swimsuit issue now <laughs> some dirty bookstore i guess <laughs> Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> News Talk 1110 WBT, and then there were four. Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. No good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 143 to go. Bass missing wide right from 44. Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. Could it really happen again? The Buffalo Bills, wide right, all these years later, the heartbreak in the early 90s, and the heartbreak is here again as the Bills lose to the Chiefs. The Chiefs move on to take on the Ravens Sunday at 3 p.m. AFC Championship on CBS. The San Francisco 49ers Saturday night punch their ticket to the NFC Championship game now we know against the Detroit Lions. Goff takes a knee. There will be no more snaps. And for the second time ever, it can be said the Detroit Lions are playing for an NFC championship. Beating Tampa Bay. Look, you had to love what Baker Mayfield did. I mean, I, I was conflicted yesterday because I, I wanted Baker to do well, but how do you not how do you not get behind the Detroit Lions? I know. I just got cold chills listening to that. I mean, come on. It's been a little more than 
30 years since they've had this kind of success. I'm so excited. Uh, my uh, pet sitter, I love her. She's a huge. She's from Michigan. She's a huge Detroit Lions fan, and she has been a hardcore Lions fan through it all. Through the hard times, through the 30 years of really hard times. Through the hard times, and then more hard times. <laughs> and all the hard times. And some hard times. <laughs> so I, I had given her a bottle of wine for her birthday back in December, and she sent me a text. She was popping the bottle of wine to celebrate, to watch the game, and I couldn't be more excited for the Detroit Lions. And here, the, I, you got to love the underdog story that I want the Lions to go to the Super Bowl. Well, the NFL has to be happy with this Final Four. In fact, if I had to guess, if they could have told you in the league office what their hope would be, it would be uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, 49ers. And look, the Chiefs, obviously, I mean, you get the Taylor, Taylor Swift connection. Can you imagine? This is, this is some NFL fans' worst nightmare. But if you're the NFL and you're looking at getting the most possible eyes ever on a Super Bowl— if if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and you got the Taylor Swift thing going on, mm -hmm. that's going to bring a whole lot of people that that a lot of people care about the Super Bowl. But the ones that don't, this might bring some of them in. Oh yeah, I think this would be if you have the Kansas City Chiefs and the the Lions, more people I think than I think they would break records. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I really feel like Taylor Swift should make an appearance in the halftime show if the Chiefs are part of it. And I. I kind of want Jason Kelsey up in the box somewhere without a shirt on drinking a beer. Well, so here's how that happens, right? So Usher takes the stage and starts yes. doing his thing, and he sings the Yes song, right? And then after that's over, Jason Kelsey opens up the window uh -huh. and escorts Taylor Swift to the stage. Shirtless. Yeah, Not shirtless. shirtless. He's shirtless. <laughs> Yes, Jason is shirtless. Jason, I mean, wait, I mean, you know, there is precedent with Janet Jackson and all, but yeah, we don't want another yeah. another um, another repeat of two thousand four. So there's the whole way that can happen. But I think the NFL, I mean, look, uh, the the good thing about this is is there this whether or not the Bills or the Chiefs won last night. I was talking to my son as we were watching the game. There's no way there can be a fluke. Super Bowl team this year. All four of these teams deserve to be there. Yeah. I, I think uh, you could interchange maybe the Bills and the Chiefs and maybe a, a few other teams. But I mean, this is the I think this is the best the best four: Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, 49ers. There's no way to get a bad Super Bowl matchup out of those four. No, but the best one, I, in my opinion, the best one would be Lions versus Chiefs. If you're wanting to break viewership records and I but but I have to I do have to say for the Bills like all you Bills fans out there my heart broke for that poor little kicker I mean all I think of is the, the movie Ace Ventura you know laces out <laughs> not to say that their laces weren't out but the you think about the the heartbreak I would hate to be in that position and it was wide right wide right and it's just this whole the game, the tying kick, and he missed it, and it was just a little over 40 yards. It's probably a kick he's made a hundred times. You know, I that is so heartbreaking to me. Poor Mr. Bass. Who cares about the kicker? <laughs> but I kick that ball and I pray it goes straight. If it does, the cop says good job, number eight. He doesn't even know my name is Andre Christopovich Lalinski Jr. <laughs> His name was Bass, right? Did I say it right? I thought it was another fish name. No, you're exactly right. Tyler Bass is his name. 
And, uh, well, tough Monday for him. A tough Monday for all the Bills fans out there, but a great Monday for Kansas City Chiefs fans, for Taylor Swift fans, and for Jason Kelsey fans. My goodness. Congratulations to Kansas City, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Lions, of course, you know that story. And the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey watching another former Panther get it done. It's going to be a, a great weekend next Sunday with the AFC and NFC title games. News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth here. Busy week for us, and it's going to end with a pretty busy weekend. We've got uh, the Dream On 3 Gala coming up on Saturday night. So we'll be tag teaming this one. Yes, and I'm so excited about it. This will be my third year um, hosting this event. And this time, I'm dragging you along. And, <laughs> and I love this so much because from here on out, I, I'm not doing any events without you. So Pack, that's just kind of Package deal, huh? It's a package deal. If you want me, you get Bo. If you want Bo, you get me. <laughs> well, so this is my uh, this is my uh, maiden voyage as far as this one goes. But it's so I, I rented a tux for this because I don't own a tux. So every once in a while, when I do something this fancy, yeah. got to get a tux. Uh, the last time I, I rented a tux was for the hundredth anniversary a few years oh, ago. Oh, and you looked so handsome. But here's what you don't know, and I've never really told anybody this: um, I did not try on the tux before I rented it, and. Uh, so the first time I put on that tux was behind. It was in the dressing room behind the stage, 15 oh, minutes before we started. That's and so we, risky. Well, yes, it was. And uh, let's just put it this way: I uh, tried on my tux on Saturday for this event. A week from Saturday, this uh -huh. past weekend, I went and tried on the tux because when I put that thing on behind stage at the 100th anniversary, I was. I mean. The, the pants basically ended like right below my knees. Oh, so you had like culottes. <laughs> I, I had to, <laughs> I had to button, I had to button the, uh, you know, sometimes you, you button the tuck, sometimes you don't. I had to button it because I had to basically hike the pants down so they would, I mean, I was, looking back at the pictures, you really can't tell, but if you look closely at those pictures, the, the, the pants are right, right a little high there at the bottom, but I had, I had to hike them way down and tighten the belt really hard. because And so most of that event, I was pretty uncomfortable because oh the tux gosh. did not fit. You were like Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins when he does the penguin dance. <laughs> yes. You pull so, your pants way down to be a penguin. So I'm here to tell you that my tux for this coming week fits perfectly. But I learned the hard way that when you're in a tux, you need to go try that bad boy on. because. And as they said, when I, when I, when I went to rent it in the first place, they said, uh, well, you need to, to come back. And, and, and when it comes in, you need to come try it on. So if there's an issue, we can send it back with enough time to get it for your event. Now, actually, uh, when I put the, the tux on on Saturday, not quite as bad as it was the first time, but this time it was still short. So the oh, guy no. saw it, and they had a tailor in the place, and they went and fixed it while I was there. Maybe you just have a really long inseam, and they're just they, – they, 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 well, they, they misdo it. Maybe you're just super – maybe your legs go from your chin down, and they just don't know how to <laughs> – when you see me, when you see me walking around this coming Saturday night, I'm gonna be. I'm, I mean, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be like, I got all this room. I got. You, you can't see my socks. It's. But it's because uh, for the hundredth anniversary, I. You had a bad. I, I had a wardrobe malfunction. Well, I do, and the ladies out there know this. It's funny that you you were having a wardrobe. You had a wardrobe malfunction. I do rent the runway for uh -huh. events because you can't do a ton of events and buy an evening gown for every single one of those. You go broke. So I rent an evening gown, and my evening gown came this weekend, and I tried it on, and the zipper is broken. I can't get the zipper. My my husband's trying to fix it with WD forty. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to smell like an auto body shop <laughs> while I'm... Uh, so while wait, I'm, though. You've got a week. Can you not... Uh, I mean, is there not some sort of stipulation like like with me where if you tell them in time, they can 
they that's, can fix it? Well, that's if they have another one in stock that they can send me another one. So I have an email to them to see if they could send me another one that was in stock. But I have a backup gown. Um, so hopefully the backup gown works. <laughs> well, whenever I look at the pictures of the 100th anniversary, it's kind of like I look at the picture and I see myself and I'm like, boy, I'm, things, things ended up being OK. But I remember backstage having this moment about 10 minutes because I had to emcee that thing. Yeah, the whole and it was, and it was a, three hours. It was a long thing. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, all this work that went into this. And now my tux doesn't fit. And I'm thinking in my head, I should have gone and done the. So there you go. There's the there's the moral to the story. That's why you go and tried the thing on a week in advance. And I did that this time. So can you imagine if you hadn't and then I hadn't tried on my gown and we showed up and we'd be like these two, <laughs> two like losers who show up with like high water pants and a dress that's not zipped? <laughs> well, I, I would have done it again. And I. <laughs> At least at this particular event, they're encouraging us to, to wear sneakers, right? Well, I mean, they have a whole sneaker thing that's been organic for them. Yeah. I was going to wear sneakers anyway because I'm 47, and you put me in high heels, and I last for about 10 minutes now. I don't know what changes. I don't know if my thin. This is my why skin we're doing it thin. together, because we, we're going to tag out. They, you know, we're going mean, to. I tag you in. You yeah. tag me in. Yeah, because last time my, my 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 legs were cramping and my shoulder cramped because I was standing <laughs> there in four inch heels, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. My legs are not 20 years old any longer. Well, this is why. So it's you and me, and it's actually uh, Jacinda and Fly Tide. If you go to Hornets games, mm -hmm. uh, they're the, the crowd hypers. And Jacinda and Fly Tide do a lot of things in the community. But they specialize in, in hyping the crowds right. up. And I'm thinking, well, this is good because it means that you and I can sort of do our thing and not have to, to go jumping around because, you know, with, with, with the way we're talking, it's going to be like the 10 man oiling us up at the, the beginning of the Well, thing. the WD-40 that I'm going to have to use for my zipper, you're going to have to put it in my joints, too. <laughs> Balls in my feet. So anyway, <laughs> uh, crisis averted. I learned the hard way, got my tux tried on this past weekend, and everything fits, and we're good to go. Well, I cannot wait. We're going to have a really fantastic time, and those folks are going to be on our show on Thursday to talk about what this gala is all about and how you can be involved and what Dream on 3 is because it's really a, a remarkable organization, and it's a national organization but founded right here in Charlotte. Oh, I thought Beth and Bo were going to the prom. Well, no. it's, it's um, we're going to look like we're going to the prom. We're going to look like the oldest prom people ever. Yeah, and, and unlike the prom, my clothes are going to fit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now, when we come back, uh, I've been meaning to get to this. Uh, something that you see on the highway. Yeah. Uh, I've never actually seen a version of what they're saying the feds don't want anymore. But I, I imagine some of you out there have, and I'll explain what we're talking about, because uh, there are more and more of these than there ever used to be. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like the idea of them doing what they, I guess, were breaking the rules by doing. Yeah, they're breaking the law. Breaking the law. Oh, more got me hooked. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth here. Merge it like it's hot. 
I'm just a sign asking a driver to use turn signals. See if I can find a few more of these. Oh, I can find a few. Use your blinker. I love that one. Use your blinker. Here's a good one. Slow down, you must. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> or visiting in-laws, slow down. Get there late. That's a good. I didn't see that one. That one's funny. So uh, this is no joke here. The feds are discouraging humorous electronic messages on highways. The Federal Highway Administration recently released an updated 1,100-page manual that spells out how signs and other traffic control devices are regulated, and the agency strongly recommends against overhead electronic signs with obscure meanings, references to pop culture, or uh, ones that are just trying to make you laugh. And I want to know who that boring person is in that office somewhere that was like, wah, wah, let's be the buzzkill, like, oh, boogers. What is this guy? (laughs) Sounds like one of the signs. I know. I'm so – this is – I mean – Come on, if you're sitting in traffic on a holiday trying to get somewhere and you see a funny sign, I'm more likely to remember that sign and to probably do what that sign is saying if there's something about it that's memorable. Like, here's a great one. Reckless drivers are worse than fruitcake. If you have that going around you around the holidays when you're getting that brick-sized 900-pound fruitcake in the mail and you're thinking, you know what, I should be a better driver because that is worse than fruitcake and fruitcake is pretty darn bad, I'm going to remember this. And sometimes you just need little moments of joy when you're on the road. But here's the positive because, you know, Bo, I always look for the silver lining in this. Mm -hmm. Because there will be no more funny signs, you're more likely to listen to us because we'll make you smile. (laughs) While you're sitting in traffic <laughs> on the roadways. But why take? Why be a killjoy? I mean, I know that they say they might be distracting. It's, it's like six words. It's not, I'm not reading Moby Dick while I'm sitting on the freeway. I'm reading a sign. I might get a chuckle, and I might buckle my safety belt as a result. Have you ever seen one around here? Like, uh, like the story uh, references ones they've seen across the country. Like I mentioned the one that you've seen in Boston, you know, use your blinker. Use your blinker. But the only the only ones I ever remember seeing around here, because there's one down here on 277 as I'm going home every day. And you know, there are other ones you, you can think about where you see the, the signs on the highway. Usually it's telling you about uh, a traffic situation so many miles ahead. I'm trying to think if I've seen, the only thing I've ever seen that's off the beaten path was back during COVID where they were saying, you know, Wear your masks and uh, practice. So, I mean, in the days of COVID, when there was this new alert, they were trying to tell people about what to do and not to do with the, with the pandemic. But that's you know, that's obviously not happening anymore. I feel like I think um, I was. I, it, I may have been in Florida, so I don't know if it, it, it wasn't around here. I think I I may have been in Florida or maybe like South Georgia or something, and I saw one that said a um, hundred is the temperature, not the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was Florida because <laughs> Florida drivers are notoriously bad drivers. And, and they admit that I have driven. I lived in South Florida. I, I can say that, yes, Florida drivers are really bad. But I thought that one was funny. Like 100 degrees is the, the temperature, not the speed limit. I feel like there was and I can't remember exactly what it said, but I, I feel like there have been some that I've seen that aren't trying to be funny. They're just trying to be different to get your attention. Like there used to be one that was uh, out there and you're going out. 74, you know, uh, Independence Boulevard, and you get not quite to um, like where uh, the, the 
what's the car dealership that's double decker out there? Scott Clark. It's not quite that far yet, but it's like right before at the overpass. And I seem to remember it saying some, something about your speed, like you're going faster than you think you're going or something like that. So the, the point of this is not just the funny ones, but it's the non-stock ones, you know, the ones that are just straight up. Uh, giving you instructions, and every once in a while, is it okay to have them say something off the beaten path so as to get your attention because right. you sort of just gloss over it? Sometimes creativity helps get the attention because if you see the same things over and over again, you do start kind of ignoring them because they become commonplace. I mean, I think it's I think it's fun around Christmas time. I, I've seen ones that say things like Santa sees you when you're speeding, you know, or um, like stay off the naughty list and obey the speed limit. Or I'd love one that says, get out of the fast lane, buster. You know, just oh, I like that one. something that be... like that. You know, See, I, what's wrong with that? I, I think I, I, I personally and I get that they're saying that they could be distracting. Oh, my gosh. Bernie, our off the air conversations about to go on the air. Oh, gosh. Uh, there's one. Uh, let's see where that where was this it doesn't say where it was. No, Arizona. Apparently in Arizona, there's a sign, there was a sign that said, seatbelts always pass a vibe check. Oh. <laughs> Bernie was just complaining off the air about the use of the word vibe. <laughs> Were you watching Sports Center last night? They goes, I love the vibe out there, man. Isn't that right? No, I was watching the, uh, the, it was an interview after the Bills-Chiefs game, and the guy asked one of the Chiefs players, how was it out there? It felt like a vibe. And I'm just like, oh, my God, man. It's it made so you cringe. cringe. It's awful. <laughs> so no. what you're saying is when older folks say the lingo well, of today's kiddos. I'm not saying. I'm just, you know. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like the lingo in general. Yeah. I think it's terrible. Yeah. Just say the whole word. Like, it, it felt like a great vibe out there. The, the environment was fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. act like a journalist to a certain extent. I'm sorry. Oh, so I like The resident millennial just said, act like a journalist. I like it. I do, too. And I agree with you. I think the word vibe is just thrown out there when we don't know what else to say. I'm vibing. It's a great vibe. Paula What's, Abdul had a song one time called is, Vibeology. Yes, she did. See? Is there is, is vibe short for vibration? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to like, that. Like, there's a vibration going on out there. Is it is it short for vibe? Is it short for something? What does it mean? Oh, look, she asked, what does it mean? Uh, This song was never a hit. I wonder why. I think you can tell why. (laughs) News Talk 1110 WBT, and then there were two. Actually, three right now, Beth and Bo and Brett Winterbull. But uh, as far as the GOP presidential sweepstakes... There are now two. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m., and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. That was Trump in Rochester last night, and Brett Winterbull, uh, yes. the writing sort of was on the wall a bit on, on, on uh, Saturday when you saw that DeSantis was pulling out of, the, of his Sunday morning uh, interview you know, moments, uh, and you also realized that he was pulling some of his ads. Uh, but then 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, what would you think when you heard that news? 
Uh, look, not surprised. Not surprised at all, uh, actually. When he decided he was going to go run down to South Carolina for whatever reason, I, I still don't understand why he went to South Carolina. Instead of going immediately to uh, New Hampshire, the writing was on the wall. And uh, I guess he's going to get back to governing the uh, state of Florida. What do you think this means for Nikki Haley now that this is a two-person race? Or if if she loses to Trump by a large margin tomorrow in New Hampshire, does that mean that we see her drop out of the race? And if so, how do you feel about the primary process and having such a small group of people determine who the frontrunner is? Well, I mean, first of all, what's going to happen to her? It's clobbering time. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen uh, with with Trump. He's going to turn all of his guns on her. She she said something over the weekend, uh, and I'm going to play it in my show today. She said something over the weekend that Donald Trump buddied up with dictators like Kim Jong Un, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And and that's fine. I mean, we we all saw what happened there. But she claims that she had to sit him down and straighten him out, like. I, that's new news to me. Like, I watched stuff pretty cl- carefully. I didn't know she had to sit Donald Trump down and, you know, straighten him out uh, with, with who he was talking to as the bad guys. But um, it is disappointing. Uh, I, I, I feel like everything else, uh, the, great, the grand traditions of campaigning and things like that have been absolutely wiped out and destroyed. But, again, people are going to get the matchup they want. I, I think people want— the matchup of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And I know that's really hard for people to believe, but who, who else is out there? I mean, we'll see how Dean Phillips performs. Uh, the, 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 the idea that they would make South Carolina the first primary for uh, the Democrats. I mean, it's just it's just this is all change for change's sake and virtue signaling and all this sort of stuff. I I. I liked it when it was Iowa and then it was New Hampshire and then it was South Carolina. I thought it was I thought that was a good cross section of people, but everything's got to be DEI'd. And that's that's what's happening now. Does Dean Phillips have a a showing in New Hampshire only because only because Joe Biden isn't on the ballot? I mean, I know that they've had a coordinated campaign. That's so weak. Right. That is so weak. Like that Joe Biden is not on the ballot. You know what happens when those kinds of things, when you do something like that? And I'm, I'm told the, the political gods. Do you know what happens? You get you get skunked like p- people. They, that's disrespectful to the people of of um, of New Hampshire. And the fact the fact that the, all of these people are crossing over to go vote for Nikki Haley. It's like, just vote for your guy. You know, New Hampshire should have just said, forget it. We're going to make it. We're, we're staying as the first primary. And and you're not you're, we're putting Joe Biden on the ballot. And we're that's how it's going to be. But they didn't want to do that. And everything everything's got to be social justice warriorizing. And, and they're going to they're going to reap the whirlwind here. The, he they are the D's are in major trouble in Michigan, Michigan. Where Joe went and spent all that time trying to win over the UAW workers and stuff, uh, this, as, I don't know that he's going to be the nominee. When, let me go back to DeSantis for a second. When he, yeah. when, when you said you weren't surprised that he uh, he got out of the race yesterday, were you surprised though uh, that he took a dig at Nikki on the way out and he endorsed Trump? Um, no, it's a fait accompli. Right. I mean, if if he's getting out of the race and he's endorsing Trump, then by extension, he has to blow up Nikki Haley. Right. Because he's got to be on the on on the team uh, on on the team bandwagon. Um, when, when when you look at the way this stuff is playing out, 
there's a, I mean, this is a ton of money that's been wasted and shot uh, oh, in, in these yeah. spots and stuff. So now, now we now we wait and see what's what's going to happen. Uh, again, I'm not entirely convinced that Biden's going to be the nominee. Well, I'm I'm not either. I mean, I, because I, because you've got you remember the Democrats have something different that the Republicans don't have. They have super delegates, and super delegates can override all of the votes that come in in the process. And one final thing. So yeah. uh, obviously uh, DeSantis endorsed Trump and the two mm-hmm. of them have made nice. Now, uh, if, if, have they? I well, mean, well, at least they've said nice things. <laughs> yes. On, on, on two, this it's sort like of a Wayfair ex- commercial. Get nice things. But this, ex- <laughs> this extends to Tuesday night. <laughs> if Trump steamrolls Haley on Tuesday night, and I think a lot of us can see that happening, then what about Haley? Does Haley jump in line and then endorse Trump? How do you think that happens? Sure. Why not? I mean, well, I didn't think I didn't think this DeSantis would be as as uh, I see. I don't know. Do, do we know? Did did you hear DeSantis say he endorsed Trump or did you hear Trump say that DeSantis endorsed Trump? Well, I mean, he made this when he was making yeah. his speech about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm suspending my campaign. Yeah. He basically said, I am I am. putting he my say support. It? Well, he, you know, what's funny is he didn't actually say his name. He's like, I'm putting my support behind the candidate who mm-hmm. is going to mm-hmm. change the way mm-hmm. that we do things. And then he did say Nikki Haley was the, the person who. <laughs> Who hostage hostage tape hostage tape. You had to say it. I mean, it's on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. There it is. That is clear. (laughs) I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee. Okay, so that's it right there. There's his out. That's his out right there. That's his out. So there you go. So, again, my, my question is, is mm. what, what will Nikki Haley say and do? Will it be like what you just heard and we're all under the same tent or what happens after that? I mean, not that it matters because I think Trump's numbers are going to uh, just I mean, there, you could see the, the big sweep on Tuesday night. But yeah. it's going to be interesting yep. to see how she reacts. By the, by the way, real quick, Sarah Sanders did a tremendous job yesterday on to face the nation. Um, uh, she, 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 she. Was it to face the nation or was it uh, Shannon Bream? Anyways, one of the shows. I, I was up way, way too late last night at a rock concert. So uh, there we go. Oh, that's right. Tool was last night. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. Football, <laughs> Tool, politics. I didn't watch any football. As for, Dallas is gone, so I, I don't tool. care. <laughs> you know, you're not the person to say it, man. You're not the first person to say it. Yeah. I, and you know what? Like you said, you're, you you're, won't be the last person to say. <laughs> it. You're a very useful tool in the world of politics. <laughs> And for goodness sake, don't you cry at work. I asked you straight up during the break, you ever cried at work? And you said, oh, yeah. Oh, I absolutely have. And we started talking about this because it's the headline of a real simple magazine article. The, The headline is, is it okay to cry at work. And there are actually results from a 2018 survey from the staffing firm Account Temps about whether or not it is okay to cry at work. And experts say that it is okay to cry at the office. It's best to just limit those tears and avoid shedding them openly. Okay, I have lots of questions. I know. And uh, 704-570-1110. I, I'd like to know if you've ever cried at work 
Why'd you cry at work? What led to that? That's kind of, uh, well, you know, that's kind of extreme. I can tell you I um, have 100% cried at work, and this is when I was working in uh, television news. Okay, so my questions begin there. You've cried at work. Did you cry in front of other people? Yes, both on the air and in a big meeting. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Because when you say that uh, initially, I mean, people could, you know, be upset and then go in the bathroom and cry to yourself or go to your cubicle where you can't see. It's, it's one thing to cry. It's another thing, the environment where you cry and who can see and, and what that sort of leads to. Well, you know, I, um, I, I wonder about this question because I, I wonder if it's a question about um, if it's like male versus female because women cry more easily than, than men do. I I think women are, have been we are socialized and taught that it's more acceptable I think you know like the, I think there's the the I don't know if it's um, a social standard that if a, 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 a little boy falls it's like man up get up you're fine and then you you coddle young girls and it's you know we, we are taught from a young age that crying is okay and crying is actually a great thing for your health there have been study after study that show that it is a great emotional release there are even new studies now about the there's some kind of um, chemical in female tears that make men less aggressive (laughs) there are all kinds of studies that are done Um, and so I wonder if it is because women are are more easily to cry if that's why more people say that it's not okay to cry uh, at work because there are so many stereotypes and standards that women are held to, you know, if women are ambitious, they're considered aggressive, or if women get angry in the in the office, they are called the B word, where those things don't coincide for men in the workplace, men who are aggressive, like they're just go-getters, you know, men who might be angry in the workplace, well, they're just assertive, they're leaders, and women have to walk this weird tightrope when it comes to showing emotion or expressing certain kinds of emotions in the office place, and I wonder if women out there have experienced this because I know firsthand that I have, but and and when I cried on the air, uh, on the news, it was it was uh, right around the time that the the quote unquote riots you know were happening in Uptown Charlotte back in uh, the fall of of what was that 2016. Yep. And uh, the I got very emotional about what was happening and was teary eyed at the end of work and at the end of the broadcast and. Um, that is not uh, it is it is not smiled upon in the powers that be in television. They don't want you to emote, you know, to have emotions that are relating to the stories that are going on. And so I I was kind of shamed for that um, by some people because I, I emoted and had an emotional reaction to a story on the air. Uh, but I, I mean, you guys hear me every day. I'm just an emotional person. Wait a you minute. Know? You were shamed by who? All kinds of people. <laughs> I got a lot of it. I got I got a lot of it for that. I mean, and, and some people did come to my defense, and some people did say lovely things about the fact that I was human and emotional. But shamed by emails that you got in text, not people in the office. Oh, all of the above. Really? Yeah, all of the above. And then right when I, you know, after my mom passed away and after that experience on the air, it was not long after that that I decided to just kind of walk away from television news altogether. And in the meeting that I was having about that, I cried. 
And um, I tried not to, and I went in telling myself that I wouldn't, and I did. And I wasn't disappointed in myself for it because it was a 20-year career in the making, and I was choosing in that moment to walk away from it. And that was not a decision that I took lightly, and it was one very much based in what kind of human I wanted to be moving forward. You know, I had this moment where I just knew that there was something else that I was supposed to be doing, and it's why I went to Haiti. It's why I shot, you know, started shooting documentaries because I wanted to tell more emotional stories. And so looking back, I'm not upset that I cried in that meeting. I'm not disappointed in myself. And and I think that showing that emotion, let them know that it wasn't a decision because of the, the like, oh, I just think I'm too good for this place or anything that was based in ego. It was based in sheer emotion in wanting my life to be different because I didn't think I was put on this earth to be doing what I was doing, if that makes any sense to no, anybody. No, it makes complete sense, and I'd like to say that I think it also uh, indirectly led you here. 100 percent, because, and I've said this over and over again, that you are the first experience well, that I, I've had where I just get to be myself wholly. Okay, well, I didn't mean, that, like, me personally, but, no, but you, you, yeah, you, but and, you, but and you, the management here. But, but a, a turn of events had to happen uh, that started with that and ended with this, and this would have never happened had that not happened. You know, a lot of right. things in between, but, uh, you know, the, the, do- the door that ultimately unlocked you to do radio started with that initial experience you're talking about. Right. And, 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 and it's why I found you as a partner so lovely, because you accept all of those parts of me. I've cried on the air here. You know, I get emotional when I talk about things like my mom or the fact that my husband and I don't have children. You know, I, I don't think that expressing emotion is a bad thing because I feel like it makes other people more comfortable in their own skin. And I feel like that's one of the things I was put here to do is to make people feel good about who they are and about their lives. I've cried on the air twice in 12 years. The first, uh, or, or should I say the, the the one time I think people remember is when, when I lost my dog. Yeah. But there's another time that I tried to conceal it. I don't know if anybody picked up on it, but it sort of goes back to a point I was leading to, which is reasons for crying. There are reasons that you cry because you're upset. There are reasons that you cry because you're happy. You know, they're different kind of cries. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're talking about... I love all of them. Crying in the workplace. Uh, and, and have you ever, and why did you? Was it a public thing at the workplace? Or was it, you know, when you went into a bathroom stall and nobody else knew it happened? You know, is it acceptable? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. 704-570-1110. But I'll tell you the second instance that I'm talking about. And it was actually a happy cry, but I tried to conceal it. And I, I know it happened, but I don't know if... Anybody else picked up on it? Maybe they did. I don't know. Traffic check right now. Here's Boomer Von Cannon. Hey, Beth. Yes. You know, you know former NC State coach Jim Valvano, uh-huh. after diagnosed with cancer, said there are three things that really matter in life. He realized this during his with his treatments and all. One is that you laugh and you smile. Mm-hmm. You got to laugh and smile. Second, have your emotions take you to a point where you cry. Yes. And the third is to tell someone how much they mean to you and how much you love them. Then you've had a full day. Yeah, he says yes. do, that, do those things every day. Every, every day. single day. Yeah, well, I will I'm tell you, it. I'm really good at all three of those <laughs> things <laughs> over the course of the day. It's like an emotional roller coaster. You're we having gotta, a full day. I got to go to Boomer because I'm over here sobbing. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm going to hug him, sir. <laughs> Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> A surgical strike trying to take out the Iraqi leadership of those nowhere this morning, how successful it was. President Bush gets an oval. Well, here we are. The final story during the John Stokes era on WBT's Morning News. And that story is about John Stokes. And we are here live in the Ty Boyd studio. I'm going to try to keep it together on, on my end of this, too. I didn't know this was going to be so hard. Uh, we have John Hancock in the room. We have Diane Stokes, John's wife, who is uh, here with us today. We have a lot of people out in the hall. And so two nights ago, John received a plaque at our company party uh, for the Golden Microphone Award. And that is a plaque that you will able you're able to take with you. Mm -hmm. All right. So John is sitting in front of me right now. He will get another plaque soon, but you can't take this one with you. We get to keep this one. That's not fair. Oh yes. So that it was is. back in 2019, uh, and and we uh, there's a big send off for John Stokes on his final day here, and we announced that he was going to be in the BT Hall of Fame. And I did this grandiose intro, which. Part of it was my own voice recording intro, and I had this idea. I'm going to come on at the end and, and seamlessly go into the live presentation. And then they came to me, and the mic turned on, and I, I couldn't keep it together. My voice, oh. my voice started kind of like wavering, and I, I was trying so hard right there to not make that evident. And I don't, I've never really talked about it since then except just saying right there, I didn't know this was going to be that hard. But we were talking about crying in the workplace. I cried on the air the day we, that I announced that we had had to put my dog Rosie down about uh, about three or four years ago, and um, that was obvious. But that one right there, and, and that was for a sad thing. This thing I just played was just sort of the gravity of the moment and a guy retiring and a really happy uh, thing we were announcing. But I, I, I was having trouble keeping it together. So I, I wanted, love that about you that you're a, you're okay with your emotions. Well, I wanted to be transparent. Here we're talking about uh, you had uh, last segment talking about a story. Uh, back when you were on television where you had uh, had cried on the air and in the workplace and the things that came with that. And I was given uh, a couple of examples where this not a not a common thing. Those are the two times ever I can remember that happening. And then I know there are probably people out there and I can think of these people. There are you talk about the difference between men and women when it comes to crying and what's acceptable or at least what's commonplace. You know, there are some people who probably have never seen whether it's your father or whether it's uh, important uh, male figures in your life, never seen them cry about anything anywhere, anytime. And it's actually really, really good for you to cry. It's good for your heart. It's good for stress release. I mean, I think it's it's one of those um, things that I think gets a bad rap because any anybody, well, I, I know that any woman could tell you, like, sometimes you just need a good cry. Sometimes it just feels good. I, I sent you a text the other day that was like, I'm just going to go cry myself to sleep. <laughs> And then everything will be it will feel better. And experts say, according to Real Simple in a 2018 survey from the staffing firm Account Temps, listen to this, only 32 percent of workers and 26 percent of executives say it's never acceptable. So 26 percent of executives say it's never acceptable to cry at work. But listen to this. 70 percent of people said that they didn't perceive colleagues negatively after finding out they cried in private. That's the caveat. 
in private. So how do you feel if you happen to cry in public? How do you feel if you see someone else do it? And do you think it's okay? Is it okay to cry at work? I think Kirk is going to cry if we don't get to him. I know. He's been waiting so long and very patiently. Oh, Kirk. no, I was, I was good. I was just uh, cruising up Roswell's Ferry. No, uh, yeah, I did. We met uh, us in the Navy uh, back in 89. There was a fuel fire. A couple of sailors got killed. I was involved in that firefighting party. And, you know, oh. you never forget the smell of uh, a burning human. But that's not the re- actual reason I called. Uh, Beth, you got to watch the uh, footage of the Hindenburg and listen to that reporter who happened to be there. Yeah. And I think the emotion actually adds to the uh, the news broadcast. Thank and, uh, you. Uh, I believe you ever, that's if, true. I mean, I've, I've seen Megyn Kelly cry on air over, you know, sensitive stories and things. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, I mean, uh, Walter Cronkite, when JFK was killed, he had that moment yeah, exactly. where he sort of had to pause and you could sort of see the emotion. I agree with you, Kirk. I mean, I think it makes people human to use Beth's favorite word. Thank you. I always thought that as well. Like I've never thought that it was a bad thing to emote. Um, Strangely, other people think it is. (laughs) Well, 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 the heck with them. I had the heck with them, Kirk. I love your perspective. Thank you, Kirk. We appreciate you hanging on talking about crying in the workplace. And uh, have you ever cried in the workplace? Have you, have you witnessed, now I've witnessed other people. I mean, not you and I have it. I mean, you've had, we've had moments, uh, but nothing like, um, of huge importance where it's like what you're talking about where you were experienced before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like crying over stories is one thing, but crying over an event uh, that's that's related to what's happening there in the workplace is another thing. Right. I remember once Dan Rather on the CBS Evening News was doing a story about some nuns who were killed in an explosion and he broke down on it. See, you know, I, I think that it shows that you're human and that you are connected to the stories that you're telling, that you aren't a robot, you know, that you're not just reading words, that the words mean something. And I, I, I don't know where consultants or executives or whatever in the news world got in it, got, got it in their brains that emoting was a bad thing. Mark, uh, it's time to go to news, but real yeah. quick, have you ever cried on the air? I don't think so. I'd have to think about that, but I don't think so. I have been on stories where I teared up, where it was a very sad situation and you've interviewed somebody, but I don't think so on the air. talking about crying ever cried in the workplace this is going to be an interesting call ever since this one popped up here pat is on news talk 1110 wbt hi pat hey Bob. hey Bob. how are you good hey, pat we're doing great you sound like you're doing great i love you guys so much i can't even tell you it's awesome so much it makes you cry Never, never. Y'all well, would never make me cry. And, and, Beth cries about stuff, and I get teary. So, yeah. But so you can cry, cry in a good way. You're so happy. There you go. All there right. you go. <laughs> now, you've got an interesting uh, situation. I've never heard of what you're about to tell us. Yeah, we have a crying bench at our office. So we had a girl that I was um, office manager for a long time, and we had a girl who was a runner, and she would every night she would change her clothes in the bathroom and then go off and run. Well, we had a bathroom with enough room for a bench, but no bench. I'm like, where do you sit when you change? You know. So anyway, I bought a little, a little bench for her to change, right? Well, very, very quickly, it became our crying bench. <gasps> we work in a very high-stress office. 
it's a great office. We have a great team, great bosses. It's just a very high stress, deadline heavy industry, right? It's we're we're paralegals. So um very quickly somebody came out and said, I've been in the bathroom crying. I'm like, on the crying bench? On the bench? <laughs> They're like, Yeah, I'm like, it's a crying bench. That's what it really was for. And so we all use it, you know, and when new people come in and they get a little bit stressed, I'm like, well, we've got a bench in the bathroom. That's our crying bench. So here's the big, I love this so much, Pat. Here's the big question. Did you put a bench in the guy's bathroom too? (laughs) (laughs) It's the laughing bench. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think guys don't. (laughs) I think guys don't understand how great a good cry is. Well, it's funny. Both the bosses know that we have a crying bench. And when I told the first one, he sort of looked down. I mean, they are so funny. And they're from the north, so they don't have emotions anyway. So (laughs) they, like, look down. They look around. I'm like, it's okay. It's a good thing that we have a crying bench. So we don't have to sit on the toilet. That's what I'm saying. You're telling us this over 50,000 watts. Now, do the guys in your office know about the crying bench? Yeah. Is that something you've talked about? Yeah, yeah, when I told the boss. Oh, you told the boss. Okay, I'm sorry, I missed that. Around and they're like, oh, you do? I'm like, yeah. Now, I go down to the river and cry myself. Um, we have, we're have we very near the Greenway, and there's a great new parking lot for the Greenway. And so I drive, it's just two seconds from the office, so I'll drive down there and park, have my cry and come back. And my other boss is like, where'd you go? And I'm like, down down to the Greenway to cry. And he was like, you go to the river to cry? I'm like, there's no river. But now that's the joke is that we have the crying bench and we can go to the river and cry. <laughs> I love this because then your tears, if there were a, you know technically a real river there, your tears could just be part of the earth and flow to the ocean along with the stress. You know you're channeling your dad now. You just did like a Wayne Troutman thought of the day right there. Your tears can become part of the river. You guys, when you talk about your dads too, and especially John, my dad has passed and he was a lawyer. I worked in his office 23 years, but I saw him cry twice. And once was when a young man that worked in our office was killed. Um, And at the funeral, he got a little weepy. But then the April before he died in October, we went to the Easter service. Um, at the church, and he was not a church guy, but my mom served there anyway, so long story, but he broke down and just wept through that whole service, and they were the most moving days of my life, you know, watching him cry. It was just unbelievably, I mean, it was a lot of emotions, you know, but... Um, it's interesting how you don't see your dad cry. I know. But how beautiful, Pat, that you have a memory of that and that you just expressed that because maybe, maybe you've just inspired other dads, other grandfathers, other men to express their emotions to their families. So, you know, people who might be afraid to because you're expressing how beautiful it was and how much it moved you. So you might have just inspired some people. Oh, she has. Bernie Bernie and John and me are all going to... Go find a bench, put it in the bathroom. Ready to go, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you guys a laughing and crying bench. You, y'all need one. Hey, Pat, thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right, you too. Traffic check now. Boomer Von Cannon. Thank you. Break down. Ready to break it down. <laughs> okay. Speaking of crying... Think there's some tears in Buffalo this morning? Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. 
The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. And no good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 143 to go. Bass missing wide right from 44. Kevin Harlan on Westwood one as the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills 27 to 24 all these years wide right again. What What a heartbreaking moment for Bills fans. I feel so bad for little kicker bass. (laughs) Little bass kicker. And Norwood back in the day. I mean, it's just I I wanted I wanted the Bills to win last night. You did. I did. I, I, I like Josh Allen. I think he's he's my favorite quarterback in years in that league, although I cannot see him and not see Chris Pratt. Like, I feel like they're the same guy. Like, when I see when I see Josh Allen, I'm thinking uh, Star-Lord. I'm thinking what the dude's name was from Jurassic World. Like, he looks like Chris Pratt. Maybe it is Chris Pratt. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe have you seen ever it. seen them in the same room I together? Have. I have not. But, I, you know, I, a lot of Buffalo fans. I'm sorry for you. Crying, crying today. We're talking about crying. Uh, ever cried in the workplace? Anybody? We, 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 uh, we've, we've talked about the actual statistics on those who have and have not. Well, and we just got an email. I love this that people have been um, people have been chiming in. We got a call from uh, I, Bernie. Didn't he didn't leave his name, but a guy said uh, in response to Pam, our caller, about mm-hmm. the crying bench. He said that men in the bathroom need a cursing bench. <laughs> They don't need a bench. They just curse anyway. Trust yeah, me. They just, uh, well, yeah, that yeah. can happen. But Kim sent us a message at gmbtshow at wbt.com about crying. And she said, yes, I have cried in the office. And I have no problem saying that. My father always said feelings are, period. Never be ashamed to cry, whether happy or sad. It shows that you are human and have compassion. She says, I've cried happy tears and angry tears. And I think it is healthy regardless of gender and it should not be criticized if others criticize your feelings then they have deeper issues and they need to personally reflect on them well and when you talk about crying there's different kinds of crying we were talking about this earlier but there's crying uh, because you're sad there's crying because you're happy Um, I've seen many more men cry because they sort of break up because they're happy or, or 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 if they're it can go the other way too, obviously. But uh, I think when we say there are different levels and kinds of crying, right? There's, yes. there's the. I, I played the clip when I was talking about John Stokes, and I sort of was overcome with the moment that day. I sort of like wavered, and I wouldn't say cried. I just my voice sort of kind of broke for a minute. But then there's the, you know, I think when you're talking about go. If you put a bench in a, in a bathroom to go cry around, you're, you're having a good cry around that probably thing. Probably. And, and I bet if they're, they're probably in that bench in that locker room, I bet kicker, a little kicker bass. I'm going to call him this little kicker bass for the Bills. I bet he I bet he might have shed some tears because I, I don't think that that was easy. And I know for a fact because we saw some of this on on the air yesterday when the Lions won and yep. they're headed to their championship game or they are the champions and they're heading to whatever to play the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. There were tons of people in the stands crying happy tears when the Lions won. I was I got cold chills. I'm not going to lie that I had an emotional reaction because it's been so long for those folks. Although uh, I have to say, I don't think Dan Campbell has ever cried. Dude's too tough. You imagine that guy, the head coach of Detroit, crying? Yes. There's no crying in football. You just couldn't see it because there was Gatorade running <laughs> no, down his face. That's true, too. He was crying Gatorade tears. Now, were there words in your house growing up that weren't 
curse words, but they were no no words in your house. Like curse like, words that were no that well, were curse words no, no, that were no no words. Words that like I'm saying words that you couldn't say, but they weren't curse words. Like for example, in my house growing up, we were in trouble if we said shut up. Oh, I was about to say my family did not like us to say shut up. <laughs> and now I just said it over fifty thousand wow. watts. See, mom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and um, stupid. We weren't supposed to call. Well, I wasn't supposed to call my brother stupid, and they weren't supposed to call me stupid. We also, the word, uh, well, Josh Allen said it over and over and over last night after the game, and we got in trouble in my house for saying what he said. Sucks. Oh. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. A lot of score touchdowns. And I didn't think we played bad. I didn't think our, our team played bad. We got to make one more play, and uh, we didn't. We had to find a way to score one more point than they do. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's profound. That's the nature of the business. Um, you know, there's one one happy team at the end of the season, really. And uh, when it's not you, and you're and you're so close, it just it sucks. Four. Wow. That's four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been I would have been to bed with no dinner in my house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a that was a big old no no. And he was just like, yeah, press conference. It doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, I love that guy. Like, I want that guy to win a Super Bowl. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a dude's dude when it comes to the NFL. He kind of reminds me like he could be the son or brother or distant cousin of the Steelers guy that, ha- that had the big chin. The big chin? <laughs> was Cower? Cower? Was that Bill Cower? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah. He, just the way he talked made me want to eat a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> Instead of his chin. I don't know what it was. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, go find a picture of Chris Pratt. Not necessarily the one from Parks and Rec, but, you know, when he became the action star, which is uh, Jurassic World and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, put the two beside each other, and you'll never be able to unsee it. It's like Star-Lord is out there quarterbacking the Buffalo Bills. It might be the same guy, guys. I mean, we have not seen them together. Now, that dude never cries. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. That's the big story of the weekend, and we have so many sub-stories to talk about with Mick Mulvaney, former White House Chief of Staff and South Carolina Congressman, a White House Budget Director, Special Envoy to Northern Ireland, and longtime political analyst with us here on Mondays. But really, you have to begin with the, that, that moment yesterday, right? Because we sort of saw the writing on the wall on Saturday that, uh, that uh, 
Uh, DeSantis was canceling his his media mm-hmm. uh, appointments on Sunday morning with some of the shows, and uh, he was um, scaling back on some of the ads. But then, you know, three o'clock yesterday afternoon, all of a sudden it hit, and then he had that video, and so all of a sudden there are two left in the race. Yeah, um, I, I I I didn't see it coming this early. In fact, we had a, a conversation on News Nation last week about precisely this: when would everybody drop out if the if the chips sort of fell like we expect them to? What are the chips? What are those chips? Well, we sort of expect Nikki Haley to do well in New Hampshire. No one really expects her to win, although I guess there's a, there's a non-zero chance she wins. So the batting order in New Hampshire goes Trump, Haley, DeSantis. Then you come down to South Carolina. So when does Nikki drop out? When does uh, does Ron drop out? That was the conversation we had on television last week on News Nation. And I thought for sure that DeSantis would stick around to South Carolina. And here's why. We all know he's going to come at a distant third in New Hampshire. He hasn't been campaigning in New Hampshire. That's fine. But he did come to South Carolina the day after. In fact, the night of the Iowa race, he got uh, the Iowa decision, the caucuses, he got on an airplane and flew to Greenville. And they got in about 3 o'clock in the morning, and he started doing events in South Carolina the next day. He also moved a bunch of his people to South Carolina from his campaign, and the PAC also moved some people down here. And they had started to, to sort of load up on the agenda for scheduled events here in South Carolina. And I was thinking to myself, okay, this makes some sense. He's going to stay in the race through New Hampshire, and if Nikki— Either Nikki drops out after she, if she doesn't do really well in New Hampshire, or she stays in, and then he takes her on in South Carolina for second place. Because it is a fight for second place in South Carolina right now. Trump is going to win South Carolina. And I thought DeSantis was trying to lay down a marker for 2028 that said, Nikki, I can beat you in your home state. And I thought that's what this was all about. It was sort of playing chess for 2028. And I thought he'd stick around for that reason for that month. Um, and he didn't. And he got out this weekend. So my guess is they saw some numbers of something happening. Certainly in New Hampshire, they know the numbers there. They're not very good. Um, but they saw numbers in South Carolina that said, you know what, this is just not this is not worth sticking around for. Were you surprised that he took a pop shot at Nikki Haley on his way out, that he was basically, as he was saying that he endorsed President Trump, that he was saying that she was basically the old Republican yeah. guard? And not at all. I don't know how this happened because I know Nikki and I've had my you know, I've had I've had I've I've had. Things I've agreed with Nikki on, things I've disagreed with Nikki on, but Nikki is not an establishment centrist. She's not George W. Bush. Okay, she's just not. She's a lot more conservative than that. We came in. She was the Tea Party with me. She's she's a hardcore right winger. How she came to be this sort of the favorite of the left. I mean, the New York Times now loves her. They, of course, they all love her because they think she can beat Trump, right? But if you're any other Republican out there who's looking at 2028. Ron DeSantis, go down the list. Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. There's a list of 10 of them. The opportunity to sort of pigeonhole Nikki Haley as a centrist establishment, you know, sort of, again, the Nelson Rockefeller wing of the party, that's a huge opportunity. So, yeah, it does not surprise me he took a pot shot on the way out because that's the first salvo of the 2028 race. And she's going to have a difficult time coming back from it. I mean, because, yeah, she's, she has gotten a lot of really good press from the left. And that's sort of like, you remember when I was running for Congress, people said, you know, well, the U.S. Chamber of Congress, uh, Commerce wants to endorse him. Like, please, whatever you do, don't have the Chamber of Commerce endorse me because that's a kiss of death in a Republican primary. Nikki Haley is now the Chamber of Commerce candidate, and that's not necessarily a good thing. And it's not necessarily who she is. That's exactly right. So how I, I know she's scratching her head and I know she's trying to figure out, well, how do I get my, you know, my conservative uh, credibility back? Uh, but that, and she's got a lot of time to do that. But that, that your question was that surprised me? Yeah. No, because that is what all of the folks are going to try and do. Nikki Haley's going to be the next John McCain. 
So what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night? And by that, I really mean uh, I think you think Trump's going to win. Is it going to be uh, just a, a landslide, or do you think Nikki Haley is going to reflect what these polls have been saying, at least some of them have? So I had a good talk with Chris Steyerwalt on TV, and Chris is the political editor uh, at News Nation, also the guy who worked for Fox and made the early call at Arizona in 2020, and they got fired because of it. Right. Really good at this, and he and I had a long conversation. We're on TV a good bit. And he's like, look, Mick, the reason that the New Hampshire polls are all over the place, from Nikki Haley down by 15 to Nikki Haley tied, is because nobody knows who's going to vote. Okay? When you come to South Carolina, we pretty much know who's going to vote. In South Carolina, you can be an open primary, but typically it's just Republicans. New Hampshire has a really, really open primary where you can actually be a registered Democrat, switch to independent, and vote in a Republican primary. You can't be a Democrat technically and vote, but you can be independent or non-aligned and vote, and they do. And this is historical. This is one of the reasons that Iowa and New Hampshire oftentimes give different results. So the people, when, when you do a poll, you have to sort of guess who's going to come out. And if you guess a lot of independents, then Nikki Haley might be tied with Donald Trump. If you guess not that many independents, then she's down by 15. So that's why you've got this huge sort of variety of poll results, results in New Hampshire. My gut is, from talking to folks up there, and I got some kids who used to work um, on a couple of campaigns up in New Hampshire, is that she's within single digits, but she's not going to catch him. And that seems to me sort of that middle of the road, it's not too hot, it's not too cold sort of result. I don't think she's down by 15. I don't think she's tied. It feels like she's down by seven, eight, nine points. I got a tweet from uh, one of our listeners. His name is Keith about unaffiliated voters here in North Carolina, um, basically saying that he's he, he was hoping that the two million seven hundred and thirty six thousand seven hundred and seventy five unaffiliated voters in North Carolina. He was suggesting they cast a ballot for Nikki Haley. So he's one of those people who's similar, I guess, to yeah. what people in New Hampshire are doing, because here in North Carolina, if you are unaffiliated and you go to the primary, you can also go up and say, hey, I want to vote Democrat or I want to vote Republican. And, or I want to vote anti-Trump, which is what this is, right? No, it's, again, it's coming down to a lot of people, you know, people get mad at me when I say this because they, they say I'm, I'm contributing to election uh, conspiracies, but please hear me out. No one voted for Joe Biden, okay? They all voted against Donald Trump. Not that many people in New Hampshire are actually voting for Nikki Haley. They're voting against Donald Trump. So it's the same sort of dynamic. But what your friend doesn't realize, I don't know, couldn't catch the gentleman's name, Keith. about the 2.7, whatever it is, is the reason most people are unaffiliated is they don't vote. They register to vote, you know, because they went to the library one day or they went to voting, but they don't vote. They don't participate in the process. There's a reason there. Now, some folks do it. They choose. They're like, look, the Democrats are not for me. Republicans are not for me. I'm going to sort of be able to be a free agent. Most people, North Carolina, you know, if you don't register as a party, it means you're not really that active in the process and you're not that likely to come up to vote. News Talk 1110-993-WBT worldwide on the WBT mobile app. Bo and Beth here with Mick Mulvaney. Let's, uh, let's drill this thing down to South Carolina for a moment. I know the uh, primary is not here yet, but boy, was it a South Carolina feeling weekend up there in New Hampshire. We need a president who understands the American people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We need, we need a president our foreign adversaries are afraid of and our allies respect. We need, you see, we need a president 
who doesn't see black or white. We see a, a president who sees Americans as one American family. We need. And that's why I came to the very warm state of New Hampshire to endorse the next president of these United States. President Donald Trump. That's U.S. Senator Tim Scott. Uh, that's, this was the big story going into the weekend. We had no idea where we'd end up. Uh, and we'll get to what happened on Saturday in a moment. But Tim Scott, U.S. Senator Tim Scott, uh, once was once on the campaign trail trying to get people to vote for him instead of Donald Trump. Uh, now uh, goes and uh, does that for uh, the, 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 the front runner. So what do you think about that move? I was surprised. I, I was because Tim had the perfect excuse to stay neutral between Trump and and Nikki Haley. I, I don't think he was ever going to get in for Ron DeSantis, although they know each other and they're friendly um, because Nikki Haley appointed him to a Senate seat in 2012, I think. Um, which is, I mean, that's a career-defining type of thing, right? Not to say that Tim wouldn't be where he was otherwise, but you don't. It's not a lot of people who give you a Senate seat, and Donald Trump knows that. Mm-hmm. So you know, if, if 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 Tim would have been able to say or to telegraph, or to people would just know, well, I can't go with Trump because Nikki Haley was my governor, and I can't go with Nikki Haley because Donald Trump was my president. I like them both. I'll stay neutral. That he's one of the few people in the country who could get away with that. The Trump team are still upset that I haven't endorsed Trump and I'm still staying neutral and, you know, don't have a dog in a fight. But Tim had an excuse that would have been fine with Trump. And then he waits until Nikki inevitably drops out if she does. And then he says, OK, now I support Donald Trump. Or if Donald Trump drops out, he which is never going to happen. He could have support Nikki Haley. He was in the perfect position. So when this happened over the weekend, I reached out to Tim. I texted him, said, OK, help me understand this. Why, why now? Why this? He goes, look, Mick. I just really liked working with him. And I said, what does that mean? He goes, well, everything that was important to me was important to him when he was president. The opportunity zones, tax cuts, he went down a whole bunch of things that he worked on in two, between 2017 and 2020. And he's like, look, I just like working with the guy. I think he'll be a good president. I'm like, okay, that, that, that's, a, that's a legitimate, genuine answer. Uh, it's not, well, you know, it's not calculated. It was a calculation. In, sure, we're, we're politicians. We do calculations. But it was a genuine answer. I like working with this guy. Is there the unwritten sort of between the lines and maybe I don't like working with Nikki Haley? I don't know that. I, I, I didn't read that in the t- – I didn't get that sense. And I know Tim, so I don't think that's it. I just think he wants Donald Trump to be president. He thinks Donald Trump is going to be president. And he's looking forward to working with Donald Trump. I think that's one of the discussions people are having this morning is that, you know, McMaster and Tim Scott, two South Carolinians, endorsing Trump, um, that we have two candidates on this side now who aren't necessarily being endorsed by the people who have worked with them. You know, Trump has had an entire team of people who were in his first administration who have written letters and said they've gone publicly saying they refused to work with him again. And I think people are viewing McMaster and Tim Scott as a similar um, indictment of, of working with Nikki Haley. Do you see a parallel between those two things, or do uh, you think? No, I'd look more broadly. Those are not the best examples of that because, because um, again, Tim worked very closely. Tim was in the White House a good bit when I was there, so he has a, he has a relationship with Donald Trump. And when he says I want to work with him again, I get that. McMaster is a different sort of. You know, McMaster is not that he doesn't like Nikki Haley. Again, Tim doesn't. It's not that Tim doesn't like Nikki Haley. McMaster is governor for one reason and one reason only. McMaster ran for governor and came in, I think, fourth 
um, in 2010. McMaster was never going to be the governor of the state of South Carolina but for Donald Trump. People forget how he got to be governor was he was lieutenant governor when Nikki Haley got promoted from governor to U.N. ambassador. Mm -hmm. okay? And when that happened, he automatically stepped up. Now, he's won re-election twice. The power of incumbency is strong. This was never going. This was this was the gift of a lifetime for Henry McMaster to be made the governor of South Carolina. He is never, ever, ever abandoning Donald Trump for that reason. I don't think it speaks to him not wanting to work with Nikki Haley. And oh, by the way, Tim Scott got engaged this weekend. He did. Yeah, I've not met the young lady, so I'm looking. For, I, I saw that on the internet as well. So, yeah. but come back to the more broad question. I think more broadly, you look at the rank and file members, not the people. So you know, Tim Scott at a very high level. Uh, uh, McMaster, a very specific reason to support Trump. Go and look at the members of Congress, state lawmakers, those types of folks. And I think only Ralph Norman in, in Rock Hill is supporting Nikki Haley. I think everybody else who's lined up for anybody and, has lined up for Donald Trump. That, to me, speaks more about it, you know, the folks who may have worked with her when they were governor uh, as opposed to the larger political dynamic. So what does that tell you about both of these candidates, I guess, ultimately, is the question, that, that the people, you know, like, the people who worked with Donald Trump don't necessarily want to be there again? Or the people that work with her don't necessarily want? I, I, listen, I, 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 politics is different when you do it for a living. Okay? I, I, you see these folks on television. You see Donald Trump. You see Nikki Haley. You see Tim Scott. Okay? And you see what you see on TV, and they're, they're a persona. They're, they're, a, they're, a, they're, a, they're a famous person. I see them as coworkers. Right. So it's an entirely different lens to sort of look through. I mean, you, you, Bo is not some radio personality to you that everybody sort of knows when he goes in the grocery store, right, or they hear his voice. He's your coworker, and right. you have you form an opinion of him. It's a good one in your particular circumstance, but it's a different perspective. It's a different lens. And I think people who do government and politics for a living have that same sort of perspective on things. Yeah, I'd like Nikki Haley. As, you know, not, not me, but someone might like Nikki Haley as a person. But eh, maybe I had a problem with him as a governor or as a governor. So, um, and the same with Donald Trump. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat Crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. And just like that, they're buddies again. <laughs> or are they? Like, it's a strange business, isn't what, it? it? What's really going is. on behind the scenes here? Oh, I, 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 uh... 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mick Mulvaney with his Bo and Beth here, by the way. You just saw one of the things that makes me glad I'm out of politics. I really am. I mean, it's one of the most disingenuous businesses I've ever seen in my entire life. I have no idea. I have no. With Donald Trump, I do. But Donald Trump, I, I, Donald Trump doesn't care. Again, Donald Trump doesn't he doesn't like you. He doesn't dislike you. He either needs you or doesn't, right? And so as long as you are saying nice things about him, he's going to like you. Um, and he didn't like Ron DeSantis when Ron DeSantis was saying nice, bad things about him. Now he likes Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is saying good things about him. That's real for Donald Trump. It is. I, I tell people I did an interview with BBC last night, and they couldn't – I didn't articulate it well, and I don't think, I, I don't think they even grasped it. But you're never really – entirely off the list with Donald Trump. You're never really entirely on the list either. I mean, that goes with family. I mean, you could be, you say the wrong things, you could be out, you say the right things, you're back in. And the example I give is no one has said more heinous things publicly about Donald Trump than Lindsey Graham. And my guess is he's in Mar-a-Lago this weekend playing golf with him. So it's just one of those things. It's, it's, Trump has that ability to sort of, you know, put the past behind. It's all, it's never forgotten. But it can always be forgiven. Okay, so my big question all morning, and I've been waiting to ask you this. So we see that uh, at least, at least at face value, Trump and DeSantis have patched things up. Yeah. Now there may be a lot more going on behind the scenes, but DeSantis said what he needed to say yesterday sure. for Trump to move on to the next thing. Now, if Haley comes out tomorrow night and loses big, does Haley get out of the race? And if she gets out of the race, do they make nice? Um, I, if she loses big, then yes. Even if she loses a little bit, she's got a problem, and we'll talk about that in a second. If she wins, she obviously has to stay in. Um, if she drops out, do they make nice? I, she's got the same excuse or the same cover, the same sort of explanation that Ron used, and rightly so. It, you know, it gives him that, that political cover, which is, I promised to support the Republican nominee. I'm going to do that. And I think that's what you'll probably hear Nikki Haley say. Now, whether or not she's out actively on the trail pushing for Donald Trump is another story. But keep in mind... At this point, they're both playing the 2028 game, I think. Um, and, you know, if Ron DeSantis can sort of help label Nikki Haley as that centrist sort of establishment, um, you know, uh, Mitt Romney wing of the party, he's going to do that because that helps him in 2028. Plus, they both would want Trump's at least not support in 2028, but not his active sort of opposition. And no one knows if Donald Trump is going to get involved in the, in the, in the, in the, in the race in 2028. Um, you know, is he going to pick one person? Is he going to pick five? You just, you just don't understand the dynamic. But I do think they're both playing chess. And I think Nikki's probably going to say something positive about supporting Donald Trump just because, again, she did sign the pledge. We all, we all Republicans, we all like, you know, our folks better than Joe Biden, me, me included. Um, but it also might help her down the road. Is there any world in which Nikki Haley becomes Donald Trump's VP pick? There uh, are people who have asked that question. Yeah, yeah. So here's how I explain that one. If there were five names on the list, then I think Nikki Haley's probably on the list. If there's three names on the list, I don't think it's her. I still think the top three are uh, Christy Nome, uh, Ben Carson, and Elise Stefanik. Okay? And I think when you go a little bit deeper on the list, you start talking Haley. I, you have to start talking. I, I know I've said this would never happen, but based upon some things I've heard this weekend, I think you got to put Tim Scott on the list now um, and maybe Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, those types of folks. I'm mm -hmm. not a Tucker Carlson guy. I, I think it has to be a non-white male. And, and I, people always cringe. Oh, Republicans are supposed to be not the identity, identity politics party. I got news here. We play identity politics as well as anybody. Um, and they're going to the non-white male is probably one of the characteristics he's looking for. 
I think Nikki's not on the li- reason she's not higher on the list is I, I have heard from Mar-a-Lago, and it makes sense that they don't want somebody who is going to be so aggressively running for president on day one because Trump will be a lame duck, right? Mm. And they don't want that person sort of out there maybe trying to outshine Trump, maybe get more attention, raise money, start a campaign in 2028 on day one in January 2025. And Nikki would be doing that. Of course, might, you know, maybe maybe Christy Nome would be too. Maybe Tim Scott would. I don't know. I don't think Ben Carson would. I don't think and Les some Stephanic people would, would say Ramaswamy's doing it now. Yeah. And that's why I, I think Ramaswamy, that's why he's not in that top three for me. You got to go yeah. down the list before you get to Vivek Ramaswamy. We have one more segment with Mick Mulvaney and uh, still some uh, a good bit of material to get to here. It was a busy weekend, and we have a busy week. Got, we've got uh, New Hampshire tomorrow. Uh, and I also want to ask in general, you know, what does this whole political landscape look like, other than the obvious that the, the races are both decided, essentially? But that's a long way to go between now and the conventions this summer. And I'm wondering what it looks like in a year where it's basically decided on both sides. There's no intrigue left. Which is kind of sad, yeah, I think. Yeah, there's not going to be any primaries. It's strange right. for us, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But you still have to go through all the process, though. I mean, the, the system has to has to add all, all those delegates up. Uh, so it's not like it doesn't happen. But if nobody's talking about it, then what does that do to the process as to who shows up? And uh, Right. And what does that do for the primaries that are down the ballot if people aren't excited? I yes. think that's 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 the more interesting question because it doesn't make a difference really at the top because the reason you do primaries is to introduce people to the candidates and Joe Biden and Donald Trump need no introduction. Everybody's already made up their mind about those folks. Bo and Beth here with Mick Mulvaney. It's been way too long since we've done music trivia. It's before Christmas, I think. It's a New Year's resolution right there. Yeah. We'll get to it in February. No, no, I'm here for the next, I'm in the studio the next couple Mondays, so I'll come up with something for next week. All right, you next week, and then uh, what, me the following week? I think it's my turn somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, My turn the following week. You did the the last one before Christmas, because it was a really good one. It was, uh, I can't remember what. It was really great. So good we can't remember. Exactly. Well, no, it was the it was the number one songs right now because oh, they were right. all Christmas songs. Oh, remember? all and Christmas songs. They were all songs. number oh, ones right. or the top five songs right in the nation right now. I'm just trying to uh, kick the can down the road further and further from show tunes. Oh, come on, guys! You know I'm going to bring <laughs> it back to show tunes eventually. It has been a while since I have done a show tunes trivia. Real quick, I want to I want to hit this particular <laughs> soundbite, but it's uh, still th- so fresh in our minds. <laughs> this is Nikki Haley reacting to Ron DeSantis's decision. I mean, I think, look, I have said I think that Ron ran a good race. I know it's personal to get into a race. It's personal to get out of a race. He's been a good governor, and he added a lot to the campaign, and we wish him well. A lot of times you've run in primary races before. Uh, When somebody drops out, there tends to be a breath taken and uh, some nicer words are said. That is not the case right now with Ron DeSantis. Um, Is that surprising to you? Is it disappointing to you? And did he call you or at least at all uh, inform you before he was dropping out? No, he didn't call or inform me. And look, this is what the fellas do. The difference is I don't take politics personally. I never have. And I think that's the problem with where we are now, is you now have people who want to decide who's a good Republican, who's a bad Republican, who's a good person, who's a bad person. That's why our country is so divided. I don't judge people. I focus on policy that's going to make America stronger. I don't take politics personally. I'm not thin-skinned like Donald Trump. I think that people don't want that. They want a leader who's going to bring out the best in people and get our country going forward. Okay, so she could come out tomorrow night and and win, and then I think we know she stays in the race and this continues. She could come out tomorrow night and get 
destroyed. And uh, then I wonder if she's going to be true to her word there and say, I don't take this personally. He's the nominee. Move on. Assuming that that's what happens and she makes nice or at least, uh, you know, yeah, doesn't says, dispute says, things. Says the, the, the standard stuff, right? I asked you before the break and uh, Beth and I were both sort of uh, wondering, OK, so if if it's really over tomorrow night, then you had this this I mean, huge gulf between now and, and the conventions. What does that process become? It, it has to happen. There have to be uh, delegates that are accrued technically, yeah. but it certainly takes the oomph out of the lower card of the uh, of the it, it, of the elections in each state. It does. It's it's got it's got a dual dynamic, right? There'll be a dynamic at the top of the ticket between Biden and Trump, and what you'll see is the same thing you've been seeing. I mean, Donald Trump's been running against Joe Biden from the very beginning, right? He's not running against DeSantis or, or Nikki Haley for the most part. Um, he, he does take time out to give them nicknames, as we've heard in the previous segments, but that was just bizarre. Um, but he'll continue to do what he's doing. He'll go to court. He'll do his, you know, he'll do the occasional rally. He'll, you know, draw, draw attention to Biden's shortcomings, and Biden will claim that, you know, Trump is Hitler. So it's the same dynamic that we have seen now. Uh, it'll get ramped up on both sides. By the way, the Hitler-Nazi language will be ramped up as we get closer to the election, because the Democrats become more and more afraid, and that's really what, that, that's, that, that's all they've got. They can't say, look, Biden did this, Biden did this. It's vote for Trump and the, and the world is going to end. I'm not sure that's a very, I don't think that's going to be successful, but the language could get, the rhetoric could get really, really nasty. But you raise a good take about, a good question about down ballot. Yes. Um, keep in mind, a lot of states, a lot of the early states at least, their primaries were never aligned with the primaries anyway, excuse me, their primaries are never aligned with the presidential primary anyway. South Carolina, our primaries for Congress, for whatever's running this year, is in June. Okay, It just is. And even though our presidential primary is next week, the answer then is different to your question. If you have a state where their local primaries are tied to the president's, then the turnout will be dramatically lower. Yeah. And I don't know what they are in different states. North Carolina immediately comes to mind. You've got some huge primaries in North Carolina, for Congress especially. Yeah, Super Tuesday. Is it, is it lined up with Super Tuesday? Yeah. It is, Okay, yeah. so that, that, would, that would be a, dr a dramatic impact because all those folks who are counting on Trump people showing up Right. They might not show up if there's nobody running against Trump at the top of the ticket. Well, and in all of that, the wild card is all of the legal battles between now and Yeah, but that's just Day. TV time. That's earned media. So uh, there's no chance he gets convicted before March. There's no chance he goes to jail before March. That's just never going to happen. So he's going to get the delegates to be the nominee. The question is what happens after that, between that time and the election. Well, who knows what we'll have to talk about this time next week. Something, for sure. You'll it's never boring. Never. And, and mu music trivia, perhaps. All that and more coming up next week. Mick Mulvaney, thank you as always. You did, I didn't even, you did not bring a tear to my eye during the show. I feel, you know, yeah. Yeah, she'll hug you, though. <laughs> Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.